Welcome to this special edition of A Visit to the Pastor's Study. It's an open forum, and it's your time to call with your questions about the Bible, biblical teachings, and practical Christian living. Whatever's on your mind, call 631-955-5400 to be on the program, or text your question to Pastor Bill at 516-367-0391. Now, here's your host for today's open forum, Pastor Bill Shishko. And this is Pastor Bill Shishko here with you on our open forum. We have a change in format and a new program length. Beginning this week, our program will be 26 minutes long, making it more available to other Christian radio stations throughout the country and around the world. However, the format is going to allow you to be sending in your questions. You can text them at 516-367-0391, or you can call in with your questions, 631-955-5400. But it's your opportunity to really develop the program with your questions on matters doctrinal and practical and controversial, if you'd like, where we'll open up the Word of God as pastors are meant to do and tell you what God says about the things that are on your mind. We have a further question from a troubled listener in the Midwest. He asks, uh, what is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit? And once again, with the assistance of Richard Gerber, pastor of Harvest Orthodox Presbyterian Church in East Haddam, Connecticut, we'll deal with our listener's question. Welcome, Pastor Gerber. Thank you, Pastor Bill. Good to be with you today. <laughs> Great to be with you. Okay, here's let's do this in two parts. Now, the first is that question, what is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit? I'll do the easy part. I'll open up the biblical teaching, and then I'll let Pastor Gerber talk with you a little bit more about the what we call the pastoral application. Here's the text that deal with the question about deal with what blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is, according to it's really Jesus' words in the Gospels that uh, mention this. Matthew 12, 31 and 32, therefore Jesus said, I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people, but the blasphemy against the Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit, will not be forgiven, and whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. Ominous and scary words, those from the Gospel according to Matthew chapter 12, 31 and 32. And then in Luke chapter 12 and verse 10, the Gospel of Luke, you have something similar. Everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but the one who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. And then in Mark chapter 3 and verses 28 through 30, listen carefully and you'll get insight from the text itself about what blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is. Truly, Jesus said, I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the children of man, and whatever blasphemies they utter, but whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin, for they were saying, he, Jesus, has an unclean spirit. That gives you a little window on what blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is. And then let's add to that Luke chapter 11 and verses 15 to 20. But some of them said, now listen carefully, he, Jesus, casts out demons by Beelzebul, which is another term for the devil, uh, the prince of demons, 
while others, to test Jesus, kept seeking from him a sign from heaven. But he, Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and a divided household falls. And if Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For now listen carefully, you say that I cast out demons by Beelzebul, or the devil. And if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they will be your judges. But if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Now there's a lot more in these passages than we have time for today and to deal with this question. What is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, given these texts, and they're the only ones, that speak about this? Well, let me begin by saying it's always better to put more of a focus on the positive than the negative. We should be putting our focus more on where the Bible puts that focus, on honoring God's name rather than on blasphemy. In other words, the third commandment, not to take God's name in vain. Or I could put it this way, it's always better to do preventive medicine rather than corrective medicine, and in a few minutes we'll talk more about the preventive medicine of honoring God's name. Blasphemy. Blasphemy is really serious. It means to speak evil of, it means to curse, it means to revile, it means to reproach or to spurn. And in the Old Testament book of Leviticus, chapter 24, and verses 11 through 16, there is the death penalty for the blasphemy of deliberately cursing God. And it's interesting that Christ himself, who was equipped with the Holy Spirit above measure, Christ is accused of blasphemy because he made himself out to be God. Now, that wasn't blasphemy because Jesus is God. It would have been if he weren't God, but he is, and so it's not blasphemy when he called himself God. Now that gives you a window on answering the question, what is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit's work is to glorify Christ. The Holy Spirit, by this time, when Jesus had spoken, had equipped Jesus with the Spirit above measure. Jesus was ministering in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus would accomplish redemption by the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ would offer himself up on the cross by the Holy Spirit, be raised by the Holy Spirit, and would ascend into heaven also in the power of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, to speak evil of or to curse or to revile or to reproach or to spurn the Holy Spirit is to spurn Christ in his person and his work. It is to take the things of Christ who was the Spirit's work to declare these to us, it's to take the things of Christ and then attribute them to the work of the devil. Now, that's what you read in Mark 3 and verse 30. They were saying he has an unclean spirit. Or in Luke chapter 11, verses 15 through 20, you say that I cast out demons by Beelzebub. Very, very serious sin. Uh, What it's saying is that you're turning for your own forgiveness, not to Jesus, but to the devil. And it would take someone who is almost totally, if not totally, given over to the devil to do that. 
So that's why that's such a serious sin. It's not what many of you think it is. Uh, even cursing things, all manner of blasphemy will be forgiven, Jesus said. But this blasphemy against the Holy Spirit won't be forgiven. Well, Pastor Gerber, that's uh, my shot at it. Um, what's your thoughts, particularly as a pastor dealing with this? Well, it's a common question. You know, I, I've certainly dealt with it on a good number of occasions throughout my pastoral ministry. I think every pastor who's faithful to the Bible probably does. And it usually comes from some tender-hearted you know, person who's very sensitive to their sin. Uh, more often than not, you know, if you think you've committed this sin, you probably haven't. You know, if you're concerned about having offended God, it shows a work of the Holy Spirit in your heart, and so uh, it's it's not a not very likely that this is a sin that some tender-hearted person has committed. So what the do you emphasis? Yeah, I'm so, sorry. Go so, ahead. No. So so what do you say to a person? I mean, that brings up the bigger point. It's usually people of very tender consciences that bring this up. So, so what do you say to them as a pastor? Well, what I've often done is in the Mark 3 passage, you know, Jesus, before he tells us about the sin against the Holy Spirit, um, tells us that all sins will be forgiven the children of men and whatever blasphemies they utter. So the focus, the big focus, is first of all on the availability of forgiveness, all sins, including blasphemies, you know, can be forgiven. Uh, the way we're forgiven is by repenting and turning to Jesus. And so that was usually uh, where I would go at first. You know, if you believe you've sinned against God by blaspheming Him or by blaspheming the Holy Spirit, you need to repent of that. You know, if the Spirit is working in your heart, convicting you of that sin, you need to repent you need to turn to Christ, you know, whose work on the cross provided redemption for you, and rely on Him. No, wonderful that we can say that. And Jesus, Jesus says in that text, um, all all sins will be forgiven the children of man, and whatever blasphemies they utter, except this this spurning. Uh, of what really is the heart and soul of, of our redemption. I guess it's kind of an equivalent of where else can we go? You have the words of eternal life, and people turn from that. Um, but, but talk to us a little bit more. That's glorious. All kinds of sins will be forgiven yeah. us. Well, who is it who who prompts us to repent? Well, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. You know, the God the Father yes. planned our redemption with the Son. The Son accomplished our redemption in His righteous living and His atoning death on Calvary's cross and His resurrection it's the Holy Spirit who applies, you know, the finished work of Christ to our lives. And so to, to spurn Him, you know, is to, to turn away, you know, from Christ. It's to turn away from those promptings that we have sinned and need to repent of that sin. And if we do that, um, you know, where do we go, as you say? You know, how, you know, how else are we going to be brought to repentance if the Holy Spirit doesn't prompt us? And so if we're if we're attributing, you know, the Holy Spirit's work to the work of Satan or the work of demons, you know, what what hope you know is left for us? Yeah, it's, it's, isn't it remarkable? One of the most perplexing texts in the New Testament is in Second Corinthians three, where the Apostle Paul says, "Now the Lord, speaking of Jesus, is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, and and is all." Uh, stud, students of Scripture have, have pointed out that doesn't mean 
that the person, the second person of the Godhead, Jesus, somehow becomes the third person of the Godhead. But rather now in the new covenant, since Christ has come, the Holy Spirit's work is at every point to make Christ known. As we read the scriptures, he shows us Christ. As we are, as you pointed out, convicted of our sin, he turns us to Christ. As, as, as we contemplate Christ, he, as Jesus himself said, he takes the things of mine and declares them to you as good news. Uh, so so, so what, what you're saying then is not, it's not just a matter of attributing to Christ the work of the devil, but it's every aspect of rejecting the Spirit's work that would turn us to Christ as the one who delivers us from the devil. Is that kind of a long way of saying what you're saying, right? I think so. Yeah, I like that. Every aspect, yes. You know, we're, we're shutting the door, you know, in, in every place where the Spirit is trying to point us you know, to repentance and point us to the Savior. You know, we're slamming the door shut on the Holy Spirit, and uh, so we're not, uh, not as if he is not more powerful than we are, but we are rejecting, you know, his work of uh, prompting us you know, to repentance and faith. Which is why when the Bible says today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Well, we're going to turn this around and talk in a very positive way about how we honor the name of the Lord. Just to remind you, you can call in with your questions, 631-955-5400, or if you'd like to text your question, 516-367-0391. But we're going to talk about honoring God's name after this message from the voice of a visit to the pastor's study. That great city, New York. Metropolitan New York is the largest city in the United States. And with a population of over 20 million people, Metro New York is one of the largest cities in the world. And what's more, Metro New York is home to people from every nation of the world. To reach Metro New York is to reach the world. But churches faithful to historic Reformation Christianity in the Metro New York area are few and far between. The mission fields of Metro New York are America's richest, and most neglected. Reformation Metro New York is an agency by which the Orthodox Presbyterian Church is planting and developing biblically faithful churches and church ministries in the Metro New York area. Through Reformation Metro New York, you can help promote the outreach of this program, a visit to the pastor's study, and other projects designed to further the ongoing reformation of the church. That and church planting are the great passions of Reformation Metro New York. For more information, check out the website at reformationmetrony.org where you'll get a personal look at the ministries of the churches, pastors, evangelists, and teachers of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church in the area, and you'll learn how you can be a part of our labors. We need your help. Here's the site again, reformationmetrony.org. Thanks for your interest and your help. Remember that great city, New York. To reach Metro New York is to reach the world. Now back to today's edition of A Visit to the Pastor's Study. Pastor Bill Shishko, we're here with you on our revised format, Open Forums. You make the programs. 
If you'd like to call in with your question, we're dealing today with blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, honoring God's name, 631-955-5400. Or you can text your questions anytime during the week. That'll help us prepare future programs, 516-367-0391. Put that under Pastor Bill, 516-367-0391. I'd love to hear from you. Pastor Gerber, let's turn this around. Third commandment, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. How do we honor God's name? Well, we have a really good source for help in knowing how to do that. The Westminster Shorter Catechism, as it talks about the Ten Commandments, gives us both what the commandment calls us to do in a positive way, and what it calls us to do in a negative way. And in a positive way, it says what's required in the Third Commandment. The Third Commandment requires the holy and reverent use of God's names, titles, attributes, ordinances, word, and works. Everything connected with God is to be held in reverence. You know, blasphemy is certainly the opposite of that, as you said earlier. You know, it's, it's a really serious thing. It's to speak evil of something, to speak evil of God, to curse God's name, to reproach, you know, God or God's work. And so we don't use God's name or his attributes or anything else concerning God in a frivolous kind of way, let alone in a, in a way that we are using it as a curse word or we're cursing the very work of God. So, you know, to, to, uh, the good way, a good way to be avoiding, you know, this sin is bla- blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is to be very careful in general about how we use God's name to honor him, to use his name in worship, to use his name in praise and thanksgiving, to speak positively of what God has done for us in Christ and in his creation. Uh, so it's, that's, that's how we ought to be training ourselves by God's grace from our young age to old age is to continually use God's name in a positive way uh, that gives him glory and honor. Uh, I've often thought, Pastor Gerber, that disrespect for the holy is, is probably the greatest of our, na- of our national sins, not just the way people will so lightly or, or flippantly actually use God's name in, in exclamations or in curses or whatever, uh, but also just Bible jokes or, or, or making fun of the things of, of Christianity or, or e- even making fun of things like holiness, which is, which is arguably, the, along with love, uh, the, 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 the preeminent of God's attributes. And, and then uh, we, it's interesting we think of, of um, the disrespect for humanity— which is a violation of the commandment not to kill, but people are made in God's image. And, and, and so I mean, these are some of the things that come to mind. And, of course, also the catechism goes on. The third commandment forbids all profaning or abusing of anything whereby God makes himself known, which is, of course, in creation. Uh, there needs to be respect for that, and then in the Word of God, supremely in Christ. I, I love the phrase you use, Pastor Gerber, about training ourselves from our youngest years to use God's name carefully. Flesh that out a bit. Well, as you were pointing out, we live in a culture that is just saturated with the careless use of God's name, uh, God's attributes, you know, uh, 
people use God's name as an exclamation mark in, in the middle of conversations that really have nothing to do with God, and they're not really seeking to honor God, you know, by their exclamation. It's just a way of punctuating what they've said. You know, that's a vain use of God's name. And and our whole culture is pervaded with things like that, not just curse words using the name of Christ, but but this careless use of it. And so I think as Christians, we as parents, we need to be teaching our children to be careful, you know, how they use God's name vocally, how they think about God's name in their own heart and mind, and uh, so that we, we, we need to really train ourselves that this is offensive to God. We need to we need to constantly remind ourselves that there should be a cringe factor, you know, when we hear that, not that we become, uh, you know, that we, not that we react in, you know, in, in overtly violent ways toward people who might use God's name, but uh, that at least within our hearts, you know, we cringe and we, we guard ourselves against becoming too too casual with God's name. Yeah. Especially where where the, uh, the 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 fear of God um, is is the beginning of wisdom, and, and and we're quick to say, well, that's not a cowering fear; it's a reverence for Him as as God, or a reverence for Him as our Father in heaven through Christ. I wonder if we've almost reacted too much. <laughs> there is a legitimate fear of God that we're meant to have. Yeah, I think we've lost that in you know modern day Christianity. Uh, it's you know, I, I, I find myself, I, you know, this week in the sermon I'm preparing for the Lord's Day tomorrow, I'm talking about the fear of the Lord, and, and I was I caught myself wanting to sort of tone that down, and I had to think very deliberately to myself, no, it shouldn't be toned down. I don't want to tone that down. Uh, we need to remember, you know, that God is, is the Holy One, and as much as we can be intimate with Him, you know, he, we can love Him, we can fellowship with Him, He's still God. And we need to recognize that there's this vast gulf between us, and there should be reverence and respect. Their friends is a wonderful window on a pastor as he prepares a sermon as it ought to be prepared. He himself is, first of all, under the power of the Word that he's going to preach. Incidentally, if you'd like a copy of the Shorter Catechism that Pastor Gerber and I have mentioned, you just need to provide your name and, and mailing address can send that to request to visit Pastor Bill at gmail.com, visit Pastor Bill at gmail.com, or you can text your request with your address, 516-367-0391. We have a brief counsel from the pastor's study coming up, but before that, Pastor Gerber, tell us about Harvest OPC and give us your contact information. Harvest Church you know, is a newly developing congregation of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church in East Haddam, Connecticut, on the lower east shore of the Connecticut River. Uh, tomorrow is going to be a wonderful Lord's Day. We're going to uh, be receiving a new family into membership, and two young men are going to be professing their faith in Christ and received into the communicant membership of the Church, so we're really excited about what God is doing here. He is, he is clearly working powerfully, and we believe He's raising up you know, a new congregation where He will be honored and worshipped. Uh, my phone number is 860-759-4080. You can reach me by voice or text at that, or uh, my email is uh, Dick Gerber, D-I-C-K-G-E-R-B-E-R, at me.com, M-E.com. Many thanks, Pastor Gerber. 
for being our guest pastor again on a visit to the pastor's study. Now, this brief counsel from the pastor's study, warnings, friends, are necessary. Um, We are to conduct the time of our lives here in the fear of God, as the Apostle Peter says. And as we did mention, the fear of God is really all too uncommon in our day. Warning signs in the Bible are given for you as you go through life so you don't go off the rails. Thank you, God, for warning signs. My counsel to you, keep your eyes on the road. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And focus on driving safely. That is the driving of your Christian life in which there's always reverence for God and obedience to his word. And remember, that road is paved with the grace of God in Jesus Christ. Forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. He can be just and forgive you because Jesus satisfied the justice of God for all of his people. Keep your eyes on the road who is Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. Check out the archives of our past visit to the pastor's study programs. You can get those on sermonaudio.com. Or you can just go to our visitthepastorsstudy.org website, all one word, visitthepastorsstudy.org website. You'll find these magazine articles for the year. I would appreciate your feedback, your questions. Help me as we, as we prepare our future open forums. My email address, visitpastorbill at gmail.com, visitpastorbill at gmail.com, or you can call my study, 516-593-1507, 516-593-1507. Remember, Sunday is the Lord's Day. Be sure to set apart time to worship the Lord in a church that's faithful to the Word of God. And remember, everyone needs a pastor. You've been listening to a special open forum edition of A Visit to the Pastor's Study, a ministry of Reformation Metro New York Incorporated and the Orthodox Presbyterian Churches of Metropolitan New York and Connecticut. For more information on the program, check out our website at www.visitthepastorstudy.org. That's www.visitthepastorstudy.org. Listen in next Saturday at 1 p.m. for another open forum edition of a visit to the pastor's study. Remember, everyone needs a pastor.